Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Identity Church this morning. A lot of people here. It's Pentecost Sunday, right? Amen. Before we forget, the prayer team, um, Charlie just ended his fast on Friday, and a few of us went over to pray for him, and uh, lightning struck his backyard. I mean, like struck his pool. It was so loud. It was like a bomb exploded in his backyard um, on the ending of his fast. Nothing was damaged in his house, but his neighbor across the street, I think, lost their air conditioning, a lot of receptacles, fans, refrigerator. Uh, they, lo- they lost a lot of stuff. Uh, but I thought it was pretty cool that God ended his fast with such a sign and a wonder in his home. So, um, the prayer team has started what Charlie is ending. We felt, um, we felt like that God wanted to continue like pass the baton, um, and keep a perpetual fast going. So what does that mean? Pick a day of the week. Uh, we're looking for 31 people. We've even got people from out of state. Uh, Pastor Eddie in Louisiana is going to join us. Pastor Brian Higby is going to join us in this perpetual fast because we believe we're in a significant season in the earth right now. And so there, if you want to, before you leave today on the whiteboard in the prayer room, and that's located over here, you can sign up for a day and do whatever the Lord tells you. If you just fast lunch, fast lunch for that day, or if you want to fast the whole day, just whatever it is, just fast. And let's pray into uh, what God is doing in the earth. Something Sid Roth said this week uh, about Pentecost. He said, he saw God increasing uh, in the in the church from now until the Feast of Tabernacles in the fall, and so we want to join with what heaven is doing and be a part of that. And so, if you feel inclined to do so, please sign up in the prayer room uh, and join us in this perpetual fast uh, that we're going to be doing. Um, the brothers, Pastor Brian, uh, Eddie. Bobby Richard and others have been gathering weekly to talk about what the Lord is doing and saying in this hour. So everybody has felt like this, and you've probably seen many words about this Pentecost Sunday being significant. Something that Karen shared this week, she said, this is the first time since the first Passover that there's been a plague in the earth at the same time. It was Egypt that they had a plague at the first Passover, and here we are thousands of years later, and there's another plague during Passover. God is sending us, the church, a message. So what we do, and we were praying about this morning, is we get a little bit of anxiety because we're like, well, we got to do our part, right? And then, like the disciples In the early church, when Jesus died on the cross, there was a lot of chaos and mayhem. 
there's a lot of unbelief that was going on at that moment that Jesus died and because the resurrection yet had not taken place. And so a lot of them just wanted to give up. Peter was one of them. He just wanted to give up and go back to being a fisherman because he didn't feel qualified because he had denied Jesus three times, even though Jesus told him to his face, look, you're going to deny me three times. And so he wanted to quit. I feel like there are people in the body of Christ that want to quit right now because we've been under pressure. Listen, they got to walk with Jesus all day, every day for three and a half years, right? We've not even had that experience and they messed up, right? So God told me this morning, give yourself a break. All your preconceived ideas this morning about what this is going to look like, just lay it down. What you think you can get done this morning it has nothing to do with us except that we come with a humble heart and we get down on our face before the Lord and bite his toes because we're dumb sheep in need of a good shepherd and he's good. And God's going to show up because God wants to show up, not because of your performance. I saw the hamster wheel of performance this week in my own life of wanting to get back onto the performance. I got to do better so God can show up. God is good whether I am or not. He proves that to Peter when he shows up on the beach with the 120 fish that they had just caught. 120, Charlie. 120, see, and he makes them a meal, but he reinforces to Peter, Peter's love for Jesus. Do you love Jesus? That's it. Let everything else go. You didn't fast enough. You didn't do the water fast. You didn't read your Bible enough this week. You didn't do something this week that would have prepared you for Pentecost Sunday. How about you just love Jesus? This morning, just love Jesus. And whatever he wants to do, let's let him do that. I've asked the worship team, we're not going to get up and do our normal prayer, but I've asked the worship team, let's just start off and linger. Pastor Charlie gave a word last week in in, uh, his message. Let's pray in the most holy faith this morning. If you want to get down here in the altar and you want to lay on the floor, you want to sit in your seat, you want to stand up, whatever, you want to walk around, but just engage into the spirit realm this morning and let's linger before the Lord and see what he wants to do this morning. Are we okay with that? Amen? So let's get started. I release you to go.
have our Pentecost. August of 1993, I had a Pentecost. He filled me with his spirit. It has kept me to this day. It has kept me from falling off the trail. It has kept me from going back to my old ways. But I need a fresh dose of my personal Pentecost, my personal visitation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I need a refilling of the Spirit of the living God. I, I need truth to become a new backbone, a new standard in my life. Quit looking for a Pentecost from Him, and you need to push Him for your personal Pentecost today.
call out to him and we name the things about him that we love and in return he speaks back to us about us as his collective bride and the things that he loves about us it is a beloved to beloved echo of love that this song represents so as you sing it and as you continue to sing it hear the other chorus in your spirit as jesus sings back
also gotten us something else that goes with Pentecost on the earth, but it isn't part of Pentecost. It's called Strange Fire. I'm gonna read a list of cities that were all a mess last night. And there was probably Strange Fire in every one of these cities. So what I would like you to do is corporately pray for the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow out that strange fire and bring down God's fire into the hearts of those in that city. So I'm going to name the cities, but I want you to do the work. Los Angeles, Seattle, Nashville, Oklahoma City, Salt Lake City, Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit, New York City, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Miami, Las Vegas, Cleveland, Denver, Des Moines, Dallas, Indianapolis, Charlotte, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Columbia, Wilmington, Portland, Phoenix, Tampa, San Francisco. There's probably more. That's just the list I have. In Orlando. So Lord, we call down that Acts chapter 2 mighty rush of your Holy Spirit, the wind. We pray, Lord, that your wind would blow clean, strange fire. We pray, Lord, that your wind would sweep clean hearts filled with anger and loss. We pray, Lord, that your wind, your mighty rushing wind, would pave the way for tongues of fire to fall upon the hearts of everyone, Lord. Everyone within the sound of my voice, everyone within the boundaries of these cities, God. Turn their hearts to you, Lord. Have your way with them, Lord. Show them your love. Let other Christians around them show them their love. Let black show white love. Let white show black love. Let yellow show brown love. Lord, in your kingdom, I believe there is only one skin color, and I have no idea what it is. So, Lord, I pray against this threefold spirit of racism, politics, and Leviathan, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit would bind them, that Jesus' blood shed would just be the shield, God the shield for our nation and that the church would come together as one and be that beloved bride be my beloved be my beloved says the Lord don't be trapped in it I found myself there don't be trapped in it brothers and sisters don't be trapped in the midst of this carnage don't react to it unless you can react in love. 
Fresh fire fall down on us, Lord. Fresh fire fall. As Rodney was talking, the Lord reminded me of a vision that I had in 2005. And in the vision, there was fires, like a red fire. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what fires are those? And he said, fires in the land from riots, racism, and natural fires from drought. And then in the midst of that fire was a blue flame. And that blue flame, I said, Lord, why is that blue flame in the midst of that red flame? And he said, that is the flame of my spirit that's going to be poured out in those days. If the church aligns, they will be the ones that I will pour that flame through. This is the season that, like Rodney said, he's going to do it. But it's up to us to align.
we always think it's about us. What about the people out there? What about the people out there? They need the Holy Spirit too. It's not always about us. Maybe this Pentecost isn't about us, but He wants to open our eyes. It's not about what more we can get, because He already gave us all of Him. We already have the kingdom in us. We already have His Spirit in us. What about the people out there? What about the people out there in the world? They need him. They need us. They need the kingdom walking amongst them. What if Pentecost today isn't for us? What if? What if? Oh, we repent, Lord, for always making it about us. How much more we can get from you, oh, we repent. Oh, we repent. Open our eyes, fresh Fresh eyes, fresh vision, fresh eyes. Oh, the world needs what we have. The world needs what you put in us. It's about the world. It's about the world you came to save. read in Joel chapter 2 starting at 18 I want to set the stage for what God's doing here Then the Lord will be jealous. The Lord will be zealous for his land. That's where he's at right now. The Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. He's talking to the church. The church had been 
who we were supposed to be, our land would not be in the condition it is today. The day of being a reproach is over. But I will remove far from you the northern army. I will drive away into a barren and desolate land with his face toward the east sea and his back toward the western sea. His stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. The enemy is destroying our country. And the Lord is about to take vengeance. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beast of the field, for the open pastures are springing up and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, that's us, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down on you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat. And the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. The great army which I sent among you. Let me tell you something. These locusts were a sign of destruction. But when the anointing came, when the anointing came upon John the Baptist, what did he eat for breakfast? He ate locusts. It's time for us to eat what everybody else is afraid of. It's time for us to eat what the enemy has tried to use to destroy us. But we're about to eat what others are afraid of. And then we're going to digest it under the anointing. And we're going to eliminate the thing with power. And we're going to release the Holy Spirit. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Go back to my book. When Jesus hung on the cross, he was naked. He not only forgave you of your sins, but he took away your shame. God's about to remove the shame from his people so we can be the bold light that we're supposed to be. Then you will know that I am the midst, in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Then the quote that we will read later in the book of Acts. And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also in my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. These days are here. Listen, our land, our land is broken. Racism that we are seeing the effects and the rioting. How many weeks ago did I say, God told me to start a riot or a revival? He'll be in either one. I didn't have to start the riot, but I am going to start a revival. The riot is here. The hatred of all sides, the division of all sides has manifested to the point where I believe it's coming to the nostrils of God. Our land is in a crisis. This is not a racial issue. This is a demonic issue. This is a pride issue. This is a they don't know who Jesus issue is. Amen. And if we, don't, if we don't stand up as a church with a unified voice, we will lose our land. Amen. 
and it's time. It's time to get over your prejudiced thinking. And this is not a white and black issue. This is a hard issue. And listen, there is racism in the land. And that has got to be confronted. But let me tell you something. It goes all sides. The spirit of racism is not racist. It'll get on anybody that you allow it to. And it's time to deal with this thing. But the only answer we have is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're going to have to start showing it. We're going to have to start showing it. We're going to have to start preaching it. And we're going to have to start releasing it to every nook and cranny that we have. And I believe that that's where we're at right now. I, we're, we're going to do offering. We're going to do some things here. But let me tell you, I wanted to set the precedence that I believe what God is doing, he's about to release an angelic host over the land. What good is an angelic host being release, released over the land if he has no messenger to, to minister with? If you don't know how to use your angels, send them my way. Because I, I can take charge. I can give them instructions. I can hear God. And I'd love to have a bigger host of angels. I have a fairly decent sized one now that they're kind of bored because I haven't been using them. It's time to use them. And I believe that this is the kind of warfare that we are in. And this is what Pentecost did. Do you realize the first Pentecost was at Sinai? They came out of their place of bondage. Some of the rabbis, the Lord told me this morning, don't overstudy this thing because I would wind up being theological and make a really good sermon and make you happy. That isn't what this is about today. The first, the first Pentecost, they said that this was actually the releasing, um, uh, the releasing of the Torah was the first Pentecost. They didn't say the receiving of the Torah because you never receive it. It always grows. Did you catch that? It was the releasing of the Torah at Mount Sinai, the Word, the first five books of the Bible. It wasn't the receiving because it always is multiplying. It's always growing. And it, has, it grew to Acts chapter 2, and I'm telling you, it's going to be bigger now. Amen. Let's get our tithes and offering, please. There's five ways to give. In service online, the kiosk, it even works. The church app and your text giving is 386 753 Worship team, sorry, I kind of took over. Nathan, I just saw a little picture of you. Just saw a picture of you sharpening your sword. And you're such a master sharpener that you're so concerned about sharpening it, you're actually not using it in certain areas. The Lord says it's sharp enough, start using it. When it gets dull, he'll show you how to sharpen it again. But you are a master sharpener. He's making you sharp. He's making you to where you won't be dull. And whenever you do swing your sword, whenever you do walk into the battle with the enemy, you'll take his head off. But don't over-sharpen. You're already sharp.
And if you want to practice, might have some knives that need some work. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this finances. Bless every household. Thank you for their faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. A couple of things. Susie, if you could get a, uh, a list for me. Susan, make a list over there for people to sign up for the conference in Louisiana. Get a uh, board or something. We have decided to not do the Nest Conference here at Identity Church, but we're going to Louisiana August the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th. Um, we're making arrangements to travel and house together. Um, it happened just kind of the brothers on a, on a call. God actually prompted it through me, so if you don't like it, blame me. And uh, we're going to be meeting at uh, Bobby Richard's church in Lafayette, Louisiana, August 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. So first and 6th are, are travel days. Um, get signed up so we can help facilitate those things. We believe that it is a convergence. Um, it's kind of the central, most central place we have in the United States between some of the covenant brothers that we have, many that came and spoke at the nest. Um, I want you all to come, if you possibly can. If you can't, Marianne will be preaching that Sunday. <laughs> August, August the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Yeah. Some things you don't volunteer for. Some things you just get assigned. So in other words, I'm not supposed to go. I'm supposed to stay I said if. I didn't say that. Well, I have um, over over on the counter. I have all three of my books now. Baptism of Innocence is in print, and it is for sale. I believe with all my heart that the Baptism of Innocence is a land healer. We know that it's a relationship healer because I've, that's why we wrote it. That's why God did it. But yesterday I got a phone call from an apostle in western New York that had come out of a meeting with four Indian chiefs from tribes that had massacred each other in western New York. And he shared the baptism of innocence and how it destroys the paperwork. So they asked me to send six copies of the books to these chiefs so they could heal their land. It, it just it, it just blows me away that, that they're dealing with historical slaughters. Before we were even a nation, these tribes would murder each other. And these Christian chiefs are looking for an answer. And the baptism of innocence destroys the records of wrong. It's blowing me away, this, this, how the finished work of the cross removes your shame, removes the history, removes the paperwork. It makes you innocent. But I never saw it till yesterday that it can heal the land. 
His chiefs were looking for an answer. Until we can heal each other in the unity of each other, we will never see our Pentecost. Because they were in the upper room in unity. And let me tell you, when there's no unity, there's pride involved. That was my daddy. He said that one. I stole it. But when there's unity, there's a community with his grace. But I was selling books. There's books over there for sale. How much are they? $14.95. I'll take 15. Yeah, because I don't have a nickel. Yeah, there's 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 actually a special for ten for a hundred bucks, and you pick the ten. I know. Get three, three, and four. Come on, right? No, that was looking at the accountant in the bag. We're in a Kairos moment, guys. The church, the church is on the crest, crest of just a major move that nobody, nobody can predict, nobody can manage, nobody can outperform God. Um, I want to just, just tell you that. Sorry. And I'm starting to weep over the things that the Father's weeping over. And when you start weeping over what he weeps over, he gives you the grace and the compassion to do something about it. He said, tell my people to quit looking for a portal and become the portal. Quit looking for a portal. Quit looking for a mystical portal to get under so you can get blessed and start becoming the portal. And that's what Pentecost is about. Being the portal, being that, that, that river flowing out of your innermost being that's got life in it. And when someone touches you, they, they get touched from heaven and everything changes. Their relationships change one with another. Their, their relationships with the Holy Spirit changes one with another. But listen, in the book of Acts, to Theophis, the lover of God, I'm in... Um, Acts 1, I'm just going to read. God, God said, don't, be, don't over-preach this thing. Just read. I'm doing the Passion Translation on this one, Kathy. I'm so sorry. I've changed 17 times this morning. He said not to make it complicated. He didn't tell me to tell you that. To Theophis, the lover of God, I write to you again, my dear friend, to give you... Further details about the life of our Lord Jesus and all the things that he did and thought. Just before he ascended into heaven and he left instructions for the apostles, he had chosen by the Holy Spirit. By who? After the suffering of his cross. Do you know the cross was pretty painful? But the problem is, is if we don't recognize the cross was painful for him, we'll actually take that pain on ourselves and that's unnecessary. Jesus appeared alive many times. 
to these same apostles over a 40-day period. After Easter, when they crucified Jesus, there was a 40-day period that he rose from the dead and he manifested himself and walked among them and proved that he was alive. That 40 days came to the conclusion and he ascended. Jesus proved to them with many convicting, convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truth about God's kingdom. He did not teach them about the church. They became the church when they started pushing the kingdom as their sole message. We've done church and forgot the kingdom. It's time to be the kings and priests who were called to be and preach the kingdom and watch the king show up. <sighs> Jesus instructed them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. Do you understand that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the living God, the, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is a gift, and it is your guarantee, and it is your seal. This is a covenant. The gift of the Holy Spirit is a covenant. God is a covenant God. He made a covenant. I prom The Father said, I promise to send him. Listen, Jesus did what he had to do. In John 16, Jesus said it this way. I must go so he can come. It's not an it. It's not a dove. It's a person. And it's the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. For John to baptize you in water, but in a few days from now you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time now for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom? Aren't we always asking for us to get something? Hmm. Okay. He answered, the father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. I believe that we are in that time frame. He won't give me the minutes because his watch is, I actually, he don't have a watch. You're not permitted to know all of that has, he has prepared by his own authority, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized seized with power power to what ha raise the dead yeah that's there but the problem is if you focus on the power to raise the dead and you haven't focused on the power to kill the sin in your own life then you will never see the dead raised you will never see the relationships restored. That's the power he's going to give you. He's going to give you the power to wash the feet. He's going to give you the power to fix the broken relationships. He's going to give you the power and the humility to say, I'm sorry. I don't know how we got broken, but we're going to fix it in Jesus' name. That's the power that will bring the, the, the dead raising power. When you care enough about someone being at aught with you or you being right, then you won't see the power of God. I'm telling you, where was I? One eight. Let's do eight again. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remote places of the earth. Right after he spoke these words, the disciples saw Jesus filled, lifted into the sky and disappear into a cloud. 
as they stared into the heaven watching Jesus ascended. Two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. Listen, if you find out that your Pentecost has finally come, open your eyes because when the Pentecost comes with you personally and individually, I'm giving you some historical record that when the king enters your life, when the king becomes full into your life, you will start seeing angels. You know why? Because he's a king and he travels with an entourage. When you understand that the king is now living inside you, you will recognize he carries an entourage. He has an entourage to do ministry. He has an entourage to do his will. He has an entourage with him so that the kingdom is manifested. Do not worship the angels. Worship the king. The angels are your benefit to do and fulfill what he's called you to do. You will start seeing the entourage. And I'm telling you, the angelic activity that God is releasing on the earth today is going to put out these, these, these fires of racism, these fires of hatred, these, these fires of destruction. Listen, it's got to become an entourage of heaven or earth is going to be crispy. Yes, yes. But he loves his land. Verse 11, they told the startled disciples, startled. Why were you startled? If an angel shows up and you're startled, that tells me you haven't been playing in the heavenly realms. Why does an angel startle you? Get over it. I'm just going, oh, I remember when I was scared to death, too. This is, there is something about him, okay? Let, let me back off just a little bit. <laughs> let me be honest. When they show up and your bones start... <laughs> I understand that. But, but, but then rejoice. Please, <laughs> don't get so afraid you don't want them to come back. There, there's a difference between a reverence fear and a fear. A holy fear, an awe, his majesty. Listen, that realm... Uh, sorry, Jesus, I had to back up. The disciples left the Mount of Olives and returned to Jerusalem, less than a mile away. Arriving there, they went into a large second-floor room to do what? Mm, we ought to do more of that. And those present were Peter, John, Jacob, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, Jacob, the son of Alphaz, Simon, the zealot, Judas, the son of Jacob, and a number of women, including Mary, Jesus's mother. His brothers were there as well. All of them were united in prayer, gift with one passion, interceding day and night. They were united. I'm going to tell you something. Unity is going to be the key to the, to, to the next move of God. It's going to be to the key to the next ability for you to have favor with God. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you just as blunt as I can. Do not expect the favor of God if you're not in unity with people. In your workplace, in your Christian life, and in your family. And listen, you, you don't have to be a doormat to have unity. There is a way to deal with things and to have unity and purpose. What is the purpose? To find peace. There are certain people that Susie and I will not even allow to live in our house, not even a night. Why? Because they have no unity. They have no peace. We've worked too hard to have peace in our house. So there is, there's unity in my house. And when me and Susie are unified, you ain't coming. Why? Because peace is the purpose. And we got a son, and we're like, you ain't coming home. Mm -mm, you lived with us long enough. 
You ain't doing that again. Mm-mm. No, we, we work too hard to like each other. You get in the middle of this and psh, get out of here. But there's a way that authority comes in. When real authority comes in, it sets the precedence of what God is saying to happen in your home and your church and your community. But listen, there's a time where the Holy Ghost wants to have chaos and show off. That's not wrong either. I know, I use the word chaos. Mm -hmm. During this time, Peter stood up among the 120 believers who were gathered and said, fellow believers, the scripture David prophesied by the Holy Spirit concerning Judas had to be fulfilled. Judas betrayed our Lord Jesus and led the mob to the garden to arrest him. He was one of us, and he was chosen to be an apostle just as we were. Who's talking here? Peter. Do you know what bugs me about this? Peter and Judas betrayed Jesus. Judas just got paid for it. He earned the wages of his sin, for he fell headfirst and his belly split open, spilling his intestines on the ground. Everyone in Jerusalem knows what happened to him. That's why the fields were, where he died is called the Aramaic Hegel Damas, that is, the bloody field. I did pretty good there. It, it, for it is written in the Psalms, let, let his house be deserted and become a wasteland. No one will live there. And also let another take his ministry. Listen, if you're not going to do what God has called us to do and corporately into the body of Christ, step aside because you're about to get run over from people that will actually do it God's way. Get in, get out, or get run over. So then, we must choose his replacement from among those who have been with us from the very beginning. You understand, this is before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're just going by what they know. From John the Baptist until Jesus' ascension, and like us, who must be a witness of his resurrection, they proposed two candidates, Joseph, who was also called Barnabas the Just, and Matthias. They all prayed. Lord Yahweh, you know the heart of every man. Please give us clear revelation to know which of the two men we have chosen to be an apostle and take Judas's place, Judas's place because he renounced his apostleship to go where he belonged. They cast lots and determined that Matthias was the Lord's choice. I love that. We're not allowed to gamble. They cast lots. I was getting there, Rodney. So once the Holy Spirit cam comes, you don't need to go do lottery numbers. Someone said to me, he said, you don't play the lottery? I said, no. One of God gives you numbers. I ain't playing the lottery. That's playing numbers. He gives me the numbers. Trust me, I'll spend a buck. Until then, I'm not guessing. So, so, so Acts chapter 1, what, what did they do? They took care of business. They cleaned up all of the history. They cleaned up a broken relationship. They cleaned up Judas, betraying Jesus. So I want, I want you. 
How many have ever been betrayed in this place? Ex-spouse, moms, dads, adults. So, so we've all been betrayed. Without Judas's betrayal, Jesus would have never fulfilled his destiny of death. And the problem is, is that we hold anger and bitterness from those that betrayed us. And we haven't released them to find our Pentecost. Listen, hold your hand up. Who, who's been betrayed and know, and know, know the name of the person? You, you can name it. Say this, Lord, thank you for that betrayal. Could it opens the door to feel the sting of death. But I want the resurrection of my personal Pentecost. I forgive that person. I bless that situation. Now change me by your spirit. Judas was a necessity for Jesus to do what he was going to do. For me and you to have our personal Pentecost. When you can love your betrayer, <laughs> someone asked me this week about Sylvan Bishop, the man who raped me at seven at knife point and died on death row. He's in lot 52 at Rayford Cemetery. Someone asked me, what do you think about him today? I go, dude, we're going to high five one day in heaven. Why? Because he made heaven. What? I'm like, he became a Christian. He died a Christian. He's my brother. And when I see him, I'm going to say, thank you. Thank you for wounding me so bad that the enemy tried to destroy me, but I've overcome by the power of the cross. And I'm going to hug my brother's neck. And we can be thankful for all things. The Father trusts us with all things. And power. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. See, 40 days, they didn't even fight about it because Jesus was hanging out with them, raised from the dead, showing up, showing off, angels. Could you imagine that? But then he leaves. He left them alone for 10 days, what, to work out their issues? <laughs> Listen, you guys have a hard time being here for a couple hours. Could you imagine a 10-day prayer meeting together? Huh? As long as Diane's cooking, that'll work. <laughs> they were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. Where? From the heavenly realm to in the house. <clears throat> the roar of the wind was so powerful, it was all <clears throat> anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. Now you got to realize, this is the same fire at the original Pentecost that was a cloud by night. No, a cloud by day and a fire by night. It was a corporate fire cloud 
at the original Pentecost. That fire cloud stands before them. It's the same. But it does this. It separates into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. So the cloud separates and individually comes over each one. They were all filled and equipped. Isn't that amazing? Listen, some of you can't preach until you go to the school of ministry and um, I, I uh, make you do all these things and, and then uh, I'll equip you. No, why don't you just get filled with the Holy Ghost and we'll figure out how equipped you are. Okay? And, and I'll tell you what, we'll clean up the messes along the way. With the Holy Spirit, equipped with the Holy Spirit, and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never heard. I covered a lot of this last week. Go back and listen to Tongue Talk in Part 1. This is Tongue Talk in Part 2. Now, at the time, there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening, because each one could hear his hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. They were bewildered. They said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own language? Listen, let me break it down. Aren't all these New Yorkers from the Bronx? What happened? They're nice talking. You didn't get that. Um, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, he changes your dialect because he changes your heart. And what used to be a rough, gruff dialect, I'm saying Yankee, you know, Bronx, New York Bronx, or everything's a, a confrontation. All of a sudden, they become sweet. All of a, I, I shouldn't. I hope there's not any Yankees on this. I'm in trouble. All right, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You know what I'm saying? Okay, it was a bad example, but I was saying it anyway. He will change. He changes your heart. He changes, he changes your approach. Hmm? Use redneck. Okay. I start speaking like a physical, I can't even say physiological, a smart guy. Philosophical. See, I'm not anointed yet. Oh, Jesus. Here's what they said. We're hearing them speak in our own languages. We are northern Iranians, northwestern Iranians, element, elements, and those from Mesopotamia, Judah, east and central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, north central Turkey, southern Turkey, Egypt, Liberia, our neighbor from Syria, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converted to Judaism, Cretes and A Arabs. Yet, we hear them speaking in God's mighty wonders, speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialect, our own dialect, not just English, but our redneck English, if you're a redneck, or your North Yankee redneck English, whatever. I know, I've seen them. They're scary. Yeah, they carry guns and knives. Uh, here's what it says. 
They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, this is a phenomenon. But others poked fun at them and said, they're just drunk on new wine. See, you got happy drunks and you got mean drunks. They just thought they were happy drunks. No, we just need to be drunk on the Holy Spirit. Get, get drunk on the right wine. But then Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it is only the ninth hour in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel, for God says, here's what it says, this is what I will do in the latter days. This is what I read earlier about the broken land. He's zealous over the land. Jesus wants his land back. Let me tell you, if you go into Malachi, it says, it says, when the hearts of the fathers are turned back to the sons and daughters, that's when he'll heal our land. So when we go back into right sonship, we go back into right relationship, fathers and sons, daughters and, and, and brothers, and the whole unity thing is when the land gets healed. I will pour out my spirit on everyone and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. Do you understand sons and daughters prophesying brings unity to the fathers and the mothers? And your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. <clears throat> I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles in the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear for the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before the great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Peter continued, people of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus the victorious was a man on a divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many powerful signs, wonders, and miracles through him. This man's destiny was prearranged for God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified and that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. Yet it was all part of his predestined plan. Peter was healing those who crucified Jesus right here. He was giving them an opportunity. God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. This is the very thing David prophesied about him. I continually see the Lord in front of me. He's at my right hand, and I am never shaken. No wonder my heart is glad and my glory celebrates. Stephanie, would you come to the... <clears throat> my mouth is filled with his praises. I have hope that my body will live because you will not leave my soul among the dead nor will you allow your sacred one to experience decay. For you have revealed to me the pathways of life, and seeing your face fills me with euphoria. My fellow Jews, I can tell you there is no doubt that our noted patriarchs have died and been buried in the tomb, which mean, remains in this day. So you can see that it was not referring to him with these words, but 
as a prophet, he knew God's faithful promise made with God's unbreaking oath that one of his descendants would take his throne. So when peering, peering into the future, David prophesied that the, of the Messiah's resurrection. God revealed to him that the Messiah would not be abandoned to the realm of death, nor would his body experience decay. Can't you see? God has resurrected Jesus, and we all have seen him. When God exalted him to his right hand upon the throne of the highest honor, and the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us, when? Today. This is what you're seeing and hearing. David wasn't the one who ascended into heaven, but the one who prophesied. The Lord Jehovah said to my Lord, I honor you by enthroning you beside me until I make your enemies a footstool beneath your feet. Now, everyone in Israel can know the certain, for certain that Jesus, whom you crucified, is the one God has made both Lord and Messiah. When they heard this, they were crushed and realized what they had done to Jesus. Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? Catch that. What do we need to do, brothers? Are we really family? Are we really brothers? Peter replied, repent and return to God. And each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. From God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born and for everyone whom the Lord your God calls to himself. Peter preached to them and warned them, these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. We need to be rescued from this worldly culture. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000, and they were all baptized and added to the church. You can go further and find that within just a few days, what, 120, started off with 500 people, and 120 people saw the release of the baptism of Spirit. Within a few days, 3,000 got born again and filled with the Spirit. Another 5,000 got born again and filled with the Spirit. So what a few can obtain in the kingdom can become yours. What are you missing in your walk with God today? Very clear instructions. I believe it was very apparent and appropriate the washing of the feet this morning. There's something about when you wash feet that you, there's nothing there. And if there was there, it gets washed away. I believe Jesus 
said it best to his disciples when he said to Peter, you know, Peter was like super religious. Jesus, you can't wash my feet. Jesus said to Peter, if I can't wash your feet, you have no part of me. Because if you won't let Jesus wash your feet, you don't have no part of him. And Peter said, well, then wash me completely. And he's like, no, listen, go take your own bath. I'll wash your feet. You know, you, 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 hygiene's your problem. Your walk is mine. <laughs> That's a good word right there. Hygiene's your problem. <laughs> Your Christian walk is his, and that's what washing your feet is. Let's turn these lights down. I want to go into worship. We've got prayer team elders up here. I just want to worship. Thank you for the gift, Father. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for personal Pentecost. Thank you for personal Pentecost. Say it. My personal Pentecost is here today. A fresh and filling. Some of you need to forgive yourself right now. Come to worship. These altars are open. Susie will be over there if you want books. Cheers, Stephanie. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to IdentityChurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.